This is Echo Zoe Radio, episode 154 for February 2021 with Jim Reinard on Church Life. Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson. I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 154 for February 2021 with Jim Reinert on church life. Jim is a friend from Southeast Illinois and joins me to talk about life in a smaller town and a small to medium-sized church. Jim is a layman in his church, but has been teaching for about 30 years. And we talk about different ways in which people can both serve their local church, as well as the importance that we find a way to serve uh, both in the local church and the church at large. Show notes for this episode are minimal, but they are available at echozoe.com slash 154. Now, before we begin, I wanted to address the changing nature of social media. And given the tumultuous nature of social media, I'll be reassessing the online presence of Echozoe Ministries in the coming days and weeks. I've personally been off Facebook for over two years and have not had any desire to get back on. The Echozoi Ministries Facebook page has been run in that time via my wife's account, and she has also lost her desire to be on Facebook, too. If you're connected via Facebook, uh, you're getting new episode alerts there and whatnot. I would like to urge you to please consider signing up for the email alerts, as we uh, are probably going to be backing off of Facebook and maybe closing it down altogether. If you do the email alerts, your email address is safe with me. I never actually personally see your address, and you'll only get one email per episode. You can also easily unsubscribe later as we figure out what our online presence is going to look like. In the coming weeks, I'm also going to be looking into things like browser notifications. Uh, So you'll be able to sign up for a notification, and then your Chrome browser or uh, Firefox or whatever you use will alert you when a new episode is available. But that's just one of the things that we're going to be looking at in order to reduce our dependence on big tech and still be able to communicate with the outside world. Now, with that, here's my discussion with Jim. Jim, uh, it is a pleasure after, I don't know how many years that we've been chatting back and forth on Twitter, but have you online on Echozoe Radio? Probably five or six years anyway. I started my account in 13, so... Yeah, sure. and, well, I've been on Twitter since since '07. I don't remember when I actually first started really using it, but yeah, got hooked up by a. I, I don't even know who it was. There was some mutual yeah. friend that I was it's, like looking for advice on how to cook ribs, and they said you got to well, follow this gym guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's the and rib we, guy. And as we talk pre-show, it's like you know, well, I'm your guy, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you got those fancy smokers that make it. Uh, yeah, just yeah, I do like to use the Traeger. I'm. I really, actually, I've never cooked on a charcoal grill. I've never done that. I've really? got a, I got a Traeger back, I think, 14 and or 15 and started using it and learning how. And I really, really those, like doing it. So. One of those pellet smokers. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I've not made any money doing it, but I've made a lot of friends. <laughs> well, if your uh, food uh, tastes as good as it looks online, I'm sure you've well, got a lot of friends. <laughs> I have a. I, I cook pretty good, but then there's sometimes that I'm trying something different and it doesn't turn out very well. But yeah, well, anyway, that's how you learn, right? Yeah, that's how you learn. Yeah. That's yeah. My first set of ribs wasn't very good. I'll say that. But. All of my sets of ribs have not been very good. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it came up. Even now, you got you got to get them to 200 degrees. Got to cook them to 200 or 205. So yeah. But, hey, we can do that on another show. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was just talking about, uh, um, I just, for Christmas, I got a sous vide that I make steak in and I don't know how yeah. hot that thing goes. I might be pushing yeah. it to get a sous vide up to 205, but yeah, I don't know. I've never used one. I've, I've heard of them, but I've never used one. But I'll okay. stick with my smoker. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you like steak, you know, I'm a good, I like a good ribeye and, yeah. uh, 
I can make a steak almost as good as uh, not the best steak restaurants in town, but you know, the, the better ones like, and it's, it's just thoughtless. You don't even have to put any effort into it. They probably, they probably use a sous vide too. (laughs) Yeah. I think they, a lot of them do. They just have a more of an industrial size. They just won't tell you (laughs) an industrial scale one. And, well, yeah, you yeah. pull the thing out of the vacuum seal, just stick it out of the bath. I mean, they could sit there for several hours. So you, yeah. they, that'd be easy. You pull it out and then you sear it and then you throw it on the plate. And I may need to get one, but I just I just haven't had the interest in it yet. But I may. Oh, I'm a believer. I got sucked into the sous vide cult real quickly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll come to your house and you can cook me a sous vide steak. And you come to mine, I'll cook you some ribs. Uh, that's a deal. There you go. That's a deal. I gotta go tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> We'll wait till the weather gets a little warmer, though. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. What is it here? Am I uh, 21 degrees here in Twin Cities? That's not what here right now. It's supposed to get down to 12 tonight. We've had a a little bit more mild winter here, and it hasn't been quite quite as bad as normal. But we have two. Yeah, not been too bad. So I'm in uh, Twin Cities. You're in uh, kind of southeastern Illinois. Illinois, just south of Interstate 70. If you know where Terre Haute, Indiana is, I'm about an hour south of Terre Haute. And um, just right on the Indiana border, so just about ten miles east of me, it's uh, an hour later. So we're right yeah. on the time change, and and uh, but I mean, near- I've driven through your neck of the woods a few times because we go down. My son did uh, um, radiation treatments in Bloomington at, at Indiana University back in 2012. Oh, Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah, yeah we're about so- three hours west of there. So we uh, spent some time in Bloomington, but then we also made some friends who live in Cincinnati, and so we've been there a few times since then. And yeah, uh, you know, we go down there and visit them, and go to the Creation Museum, and you know, the last yeah. time we went to the Ark and stuff. And and I find as I'm driving from Minneapolis to Cincinnati or Indianapolis, that um, driving down kind of your neck of the woods is a much more pleasant drive than trying to go through Chicago. You know, taking oh, that yeah. Chicago down to Indianapolis route. Or you're, well, let me you're stuck just in, that, it doesn't matter what time of day it is or what day of the week. And maybe right now with the virus, it might be better. But it, the traffic in Chicago is never good. Well, let me just say that I don't ever want to hear anybody compare where I live to Chicago. So <laughs> we're already off on the wrong foot. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's what I'm saying. It's much yeah. more pleasant to come your yeah. way. It is true. We're about four and a half hours south of Chicago. Yep. So we but we don't we don't really want to claim Chicago was yeah I don't blame you against the people of Chicago but anyway yeah, yeah they give Illinois a bad name <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've insulted every one of your listeners that uh, that live in Chicago land but <laughs> yeah well they do have good pizza up there I gotta get well, that I've, I've heard of that yes yeah yeah. So we, uh, we're going to just like kind of have more of a casual conversation for an hour or so, but, um, we're going to talk, I, I, I think very relatable to most listeners, regardless of even if you're in America or around the world, but, um, just talking about local church issues and like being in a smaller church, you're in a rural church yeah, and then, um, serving <laughs> in the church and we're both laymen self-taught yep. or or, or yep. taught th- from the leadership in our church kind of sitting under good leadership yep. and whatnot and so let's uh let's talk uh, a little bit about that why don't we start with i'm i'm a little more city oriented but you're in a rural area yeah. with a smaller church similar size church though yeah my uh so my my county is about eighteen thousand people in in robinson proper there was about 6500 people uh, my church is a is out in the country, what we would call out in the country. It's it's not in the city limits. Uh, it's in a little spot in the road called New Hebron. It's south of Robinson, about four miles. I've been going there um, since since 1988. Became a member in 1990 or so, and really, so you know, I've been there how you know 30 years and 30 some odd years, and and have seen people come and go. Uh, I've seen a core group of people that have been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it when we had few people we've had, we've had some sometimes where we've had hundred people uh, pre COVID. We would normally average 60 to 70 uh, on a Sunday morning. And uh, with the COVID and, and some people staying home and not uh, wanting to get out for, for various reasons, we're down on Sunday morning to about 35 or 40, but we have the core group of people basically that are there and uh, we're simple folk in our church. We, I would say a lot of the stuff that we see on social media, on Twitter and whatnot about Calvinism or, 
or Arminianism or, or 18 or 1689 or, or any of that. I don't really think that any of our, my people at our church would even know what any of that means. <laughs> um, and that might be good. And that might be bad. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. going to judge that, but, but all in all, they're just a bunch of people that love the Lord. And, and we, we are just simple folk. We don't really, um, you know, we don't have a high minded, uh, attitude toward church or, uh, toward each other or toward outsiders. Um, we are more of a family being a smaller church in a smaller community. Um, as we've talked, Andy, uh, prior to the show, you know, you're, you're in a, in a city, mm-hmm. your church may be about the same size as mine, but being in a city, you have more, you have a different, um, mix up of people than what we would. And right, that yeah. probably would never run into, run into people from your church out in the community. Whereas the people in my church, we see each other at the store or, or, you know, out and about in town. Um, and we know where basically we know where everyone lives, perhaps on some cases we drive by their houses every day. And so we, my church is is more family oriented just because we are smaller and we're closer together. Um, but I would say also most of the churches in our community in my County are probably about like my church. Um, and I say my church, I'm not the pastor. I want to make that clear. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to usurp his authority. I'm not, I'm not the pastor. I'm just a layman. Yeah. I think we know what you mean. Yeah. But, um, and I just think that most of the churches in my community are very similar to mine. Uh We do have a few churches in the County that are large, uh, just down the street here is the biggest church in the County. Um, I would say they probably, I said maybe a thousand, they may not have quite that many, but they're, they're a big church. They've got three services. I know a lot of people that go there and, uh, I'm not knocking them. I'm not saying anything bad about them, but I work with some people that go to that church and the people, some of the people didn't even know that the other people went there because it's so big. Mm-hmm. They have three services. And so you've got a case where, where there's two, two people that I know personally that didn't know that the other one went to the same church that they did mm-hmm. because it's so big. Yeah. But, um, so, but I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying, I'll, but I don't, my mind doesn't comprehend that type of church because I've, I've always really only have been yeah. in my adult life in the small church setting. Yeah. I think I've had a little history in kind of both the sides of that coin. Uh, you know, I got saved, I think I mentioned back in, uh, 1999 and I was in college at the time, uh, Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, fell in with a group of Christians pretty quickly and got, you know, and uh, a lot of us were going to uh, a kind of a more of an e-free church at the time, which was a big, you know, really a mega church type yeah. thing up there. And and uh, a lot of those churches ended up having to have the multiple services. You know, I was big on, uh, I think that church had a Sunday night service. So we'd go, and it was kind of a, uh, you know, it was a, seven, eight o'clock Sunday night service. It was good for college students. And that's, yeah. you know, that's why I went was that, you know, you're, you're young and working hard and in academics and stuff, you want to sleep in as much as you can. So yeah. <laughs> getting up to go to eight or nine o'clock church was tough, but, um, you know, a lot of people were going to the, the college students all like the 7 PM. And then, you know, I'm yeah. here with people that are in your own age group and stuff. And, but that really does, I think the criticism that I've heard within my own current church, um, is that when you start having multiple services like that, you really end up having multiple churches. And it's for just the reason that you're saying, you know, you got friends that go to two different services and they don't even know that they go to the same church because they don't go to the same church. They go to the same building. They might have the same pastor, but they got really a different church. And yeah. And And again, like you said, no, no, no particular knock on that. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's just another way of doing church, but my mind, my mind just doesn't comprehend that type of, of church. But again, I, just because that's not my experience doesn't mean that it's the wrong experience. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know we had we began when we started meeting back in our building after COVID because we did stop for about three weeks I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to two services just to try to break up the crowd and uh, social I, distancing. Pastor, yeah, my pastor did not like that. Um, not necessarily because it was having to preach twice. That wasn't the, the but just having people separated, not together, and. Yeah. And then quite frankly, you know, you'd go to one service and not know who was at the next. And, and so anyway, so we didn't do that very long. Well, I because, suppose, yeah. If you're not used to like remembering who you saw at which one and you kind of, yeah. you kind of would have a hard time yeah. trying to figure out, well, did I talk to him at this one or that one or yeah. that, that yeah. might play tricks with your mind. Yeah. 
So anyway, we didn't do that very long, and so we've been we've been back together in the same bill or the same the same service for uh, I think since first or second of June, mm. the first or second week of June. But yeah, and I well, you know, know, and I noticed something that came up. I don't know if how long you've been doing this, but but I, what I saw pop up through this um, and kind of gets to a part of what we were talking about doing for our subject is uh, is your teaching on you've been putting on YouTube. And, yeah. and if anybody has seen your teaching, then um, I'm not recording the video of this episode, but I'm looking at you in in the room that you do those videos yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right here. And uh, I so I've been teaching Sunday school, adult Sunday school for about 20 years, mm-hmm. but um, and just different topics. But uh, a lot of times I was the and probably still. Well, no, I'm not. But for the longest time, I was the youngest person in my class that I was teaching. So, you know, I, but I just, I held, I felt a call, you know, I felt a tug of that the Lord was, was, felt like I should be doing that. And so I've just started teaching and, and obviously I, I hope that, uh, that the people would say that I'm a much better teacher today than I was 15 or 20 well, I years. I think ago. that would just be assumed. <laughs> but, yeah. we, we all grow. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, but anyway, I, I, so I, once COVID hit and we weren't meeting, um, we started, the church started to do their, the, a service online where the pastor would put a sermon online. And I said, well, I could do some type of Sunday school lesson. And so uh, I just took my iPad. I didn't know what I was doing and set it up on the, on a big tall book here on the desk. And mm-hmm. away I went. Well, as I realized that that was going to be going on longer than probably uh, than what I originally thought, I guess I thought, well, I better do something about it. So I bought this stand. You can't see it, but I got a holder for the iPad and I got a microphone, thanks to Andy Olson. <laughs> and uh, so I set it up down here in the, in the little room I've got with my library behind me. And mm-hmm. I've been doing it ever since. And so even even now that we're back to having our regular Sunday school, what I've been doing now is giving a review of what we talked about in the Sunday class uh, for those that couldn't make it to Sunday school. Um, I haven't done one in a while because I've, I've not been I've not been there uh, for a few weeks just because I was, I was away, mm-hmm. but um, once, so every, every Sunday or so, once I'm, I've taught that lesson, I'll come home and then record an overview. And so I've been posting those um, as they come up, but uh, yeah, I just, I've, I felt like, you know, it's something I could do. It's easy. So I might just add it to the repertoire and, and post yeah, I just on. Want to interject that I, I've watched a few of them and I, they're good. I like them. I, well, I like I pres- how you just walk through you, a few verses at a time and talk about yeah. the passage of scripture and yeah, just good wholesome Bible. <laughs> yeah, when well, um, I try to do a chapter a week in Sunday school. Um, I, we mm-hmm. normally get through a chapter. I sometimes shoot two chapters depending on the narrative. But yeah. um, uh, three years ago, I started three years ago last in January. I started teaching in Genesis. Um, and we're halfway through Joshua right now. And I did skip Deuteronomy. I skipped Leviticus for different reasons, but, um, really been enjoying teaching the old Testament because for the most part, I've been in the new Testament for most of the years I've been teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that that was really on purpose. I just think as subjects would come up or books would come up, they were just mostly all new Testament, but I've really enjoyed that and, uh, seeing how God works all through creation to take care of his people and and he judges sin and those that oppose him but he takes care of those that that are his so yeah i really enjoyed that and and so but you know most of what i teach is just sitting down here for a few hours during the week and and reading the narrative and and studying different commentaries and just kind of jot some notes down and basically what you see online is uh, especially the older videos where I was teaching out of a book instead of giving a review of the Sunday school lesson. But I, that's basically how I would teach a Sunday school class is just mm-hmm. kind of put things together out of my own library. And yeah, well, that's good. I, I like, like, I think it's good. We were both a little bit older in the Lord than, you know, I'm 22 years. You're, you said you're over 30 at yeah, your church. Uh, and... I, I got saved when I was seven years old, 1986. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, October eighteenth. I remember that day like it was yesterday. And but uh, I've been in I've been in the church I'm at now since for thirty a little over thirty years as an sure. adult. You know, so um, and growing up there, I've obviously I've learned a lot more there than I did. But but also in, uh, having raised right. kids, and now you're raising grandkids, and uh, right, yeah, or uh, you've got grandkids, and yeah, and so just um, 
having that experience that you just get through years of life and, and then being right. able to share that. And you don't have to be a, a Bible expert. You don't have to right. be the, the, the John MacArthur writing the commentaries, you know, just right. being able to sit down and read with them and with somebody yeah. who is less experienced and, and yeah. maybe uh, share some of what you've learned over the years about the context and, and how the narratives fit together. And, and yeah. maybe you've read enough scripture that you've got another passage that pops to mind that relates yeah. to what you're reading that a younger Christian might not have. And yeah. Uh, so for, for several years, I'm going to say maybe 20 years, I've used um, a Ryrie study Bible. Now, mm-hmm. the only reason that I really, I mean, I really enjoy it. Don't misunderstand that. But every time I need to get a new Bible, I go back to the same because I've kind of gotten to the point where I know if when I'm looking for a scripture, what side of the page it's on <laughs> yeah. and I know how it's laid out and I know where I can find stuff. And so for 20 years, I've used the same formatted Bible and that helps me with my memory. That helps me to be able to recall. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the way I am. I, there's some people that can't do that. Um, I've had people at my church say that they could never teach us a lesson or a, a class. I'm not so sure that they couldn't. But when you go to try to and compare compare yourself or how you would do things to how somebody else does it, you're probably never going to think that you're going to be up yeah. to par. But I've been doing this for, for 20 years plus, and so I wouldn't expect that somebody that's going to start teaching next week to be to probably be and have the experience or the, the mental recall that perhaps I have. And I'm not saying that, that I'm the greatest. Don't misunderstand right, no, just, just, me. But being, being doing it for 20 years on a consistent basis where it's Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, you just kind of get in a rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but I, but I don't try to make it deep and difficult. I don't try to, I, I told one guy I was talking to asked me how long, you know, how much time I put into studying. And I said about a couple hours for each, each week. And I said, because, when you start digging in too deep, are you, you got to know your, your audience. Yeah. And if you dig, I say, think sometimes we try to complicate things because it's scripture and I'm got to prepare, you know, a hundred different notes for, for a chapter, but just, you got to keep it simple. I think, and that yeah. speaks to people. It makes it easier for the people to remember. And you got to understand that, yes, you're only with them maybe an hour a week, but if you give them so much information that they can't comprehend it, then what good have you done? And yeah. so it's always been my philosophy to just keep it simple. And perhaps, perhaps I'm wrong to that. I don't know, but this is just what no, it but was. I don't think you are. I think, and I think the reason why this, uh, I liked this topic in this discussion was just to show that, I mean, I'm of the belief I've been of the belief for years that it's important for all of us within the, the greater church, the Lord's church, not, not necessarily a specific congregation, but it's really important that we all like serve each other right. in some way. Now you like to teach right? and, and you've built up some experience to make that a little easier for you and stuff. But, um, and, and I think, um, on one hand, I want to say, uh, use your experience to show that it doesn't have to be as hard as people might think right. it is. Yeah. You know, um, for some people, maybe the, the, the hardest part of that might just be getting over standing in front of multiple people right. and learning how to speak yeah. and not being nervous and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, for you and I, that's probably easier. I think podcasting has taken away all those nerves for me. I don't have that yeah. problem anymore either, but, um, but also, um, to, to encourage also maybe if, even if that said, that's not your thing. Right. Um, the church has a need for you somewhere. Right. And well, no matter who you are or what you're capable of, you, you, so, the church needs you and, and you've got something to offer. And that's kind of the thing I wanted to get across today. Yeah, there, everyone can offer something. So I've been called and I've been led to teach a class. But if, if people don't obey the call to come to church, then I have no class to teach. That's well said. So people just showing up to be taught. Is is a is, some, is something that you can do for the Lord because you've then given the teacher an audience to to teach yeah, to. You've point. given the pastor an audience to preach to. And so while you think you don't really amount to anything because well I don't know how to teach a class or I don't know how to do this or that, mm-hmm. just showing up. And, and a lot of people don't they don't want to comprehend. I don't say they don't want to. They don't comprehend that just being there and being involved in what goes on is as much or as important 
as it is to, to be a teacher and to have a class of people that you're responsible for, there's something for everyone to do in the church. Mm -hmm. uh, you need a janitor. You need somebody to greet people. You need somebody to pick up the mess. You need somebody to turn on the lights. You need somebody to play the music. And so, well, but I can't do any of that. Well, you can find something to do. And if it's just nothing but being there and being encouragement to those that can do something, then you're doing something that God's called you to do. Yep. And I think a lot of people, and I, this is just my opinion, I just think a lot of people sell themselves short into thinking that they can't do yeah, anything for God. Yep, that's the problem I see. Don't, they... they don't have a job. Well, you're, if you're, all your job yeah. is, is to come there and be faithful, then, then by golly, go there and be faithful. And, you know, one of, for me, one of the very um, educational process that I've gone through in, in, in this regard was um, back in late 2012, going through a church split. And um, it, it was very educational because when we first started off as another church that had split off from the original, there were a lot of things that really needed to be done. But what was really cool to see was how people just came together organically and got them done. There yeah. were so many things where nobody had to be asked, hey, could you do this or that? It was just People like had their talents and they just, it was like, it all fell into place Yeah, and to a large degree. Yeah. We had our problems and our, our struggles and our, um, uh, you know, challenges and whatnot. But for the most part, it was really cool. That was a, that was a neat thing to see out of a not so neat experience, but just seeing yeah. how, um, you know, everything from, you know, we were meeting in hotel, uh, conference rooms for a while yeah. and just seeing, Maybe somebody just set up the table or just sat at the table to, in case right. somebody from the that was staying at the hotel wondered who we were. We could there was somebody there to say, "Well, we're a church, and <laughs> yeah. come on in and worship with us." Or yeah, whatnot. yeah. But uh, but I I just think I just don't I think people get in their minds that they can't do something and so they don't do anything, mm -hmm. and um, I, I, that's that's the, the wrong way of thinking, especially when it comes to serving the Lord. Um, you can do something. If you don't know, if you don't know what you can do and you don't feel like showing up's enough, then, then ask your pastor what you can do. Ask your Sunday school teacher what you can do. Ask somebody, what mm -hmm. can I do here? And, yeah. but again, showing up is a big first step. And yeah, you know, and I think if you do enough of that, just showing up, you'll find something, you'll to find do. something or, yeah. you know, maybe and, just, it might take a while, but just paying attention to the Sunday school, you know, yeah. and starting to learn a little bit of the scriptures and whatnot. And somebody and if, else is going to come along eventually who's got less experience in the yeah. scripture than you have. And, and maybe you got a question that they yeah. that you can answer. Yeah. Well, and the smaller your church, the more opportunity there is to do something. Oh, yeah. So, but it's easy to blend in at a big church. It's mm -hmm. easy to not be, to get as involved in a big church. Um, and so, you know, perhaps you're more in tune to being in a small church. I'm not telling you what church to go to. That's not my point at all. But my point is in a small church, if you're not doing something, it's probably, it's probably being noticed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I started, as you were describing things, I was kind of thinking ter in terms of, um, you know, if we use the analogy of your extended family comes together for Thanksgiving dinner, you know, you, as you kind of get into your teens and twenties and you start growing up and then you become an adult, you start kind of seeing just like what your role can be in that. Yeah. And, and maybe the star of that show is grandma who's making dinner. Yeah. But there are plenty of uh, co-stars there that are yeah. helping to make things and set the table yeah. and pick up the table and, yeah. you know, do all those little things that everybody needs to have done in the, those situations. Yeah. And, and a church could work in much the same way where, you know, maybe you think of this pastor as the star because he's showing up yeah. and doing the preaching, but he can't do it by himself. Right. Right. You're mm -hmm. exactly right. So find something to do and do it and do it all for the glory of God and not your own glory, not your own. Mm -hmm. And again, like you said, pay attention because you may, you know, the teacher isn't going to live forever and somebody's going to have to step in eventually. So learn how to do that. And if you need help, ask somebody, you know, it would really do me good for someone to ask me to show them how to teach a class. I don't know that I could, mm -hmm. perhaps, I, but if I was given the opportunity. Um, and so, you know, just ask. Maybe somebody's just waiting for you to ask what to do. Yeah. Um, and my it's guess really, is if you've been teaching Sunday school for 20 years, that my guess is that if your pastor got sick one Sunday and needed somebody to fill in in the pulpit, yeah. you, you, you might not be a every week preacher, but you could take that yeah. rain for a week. 
Well, speaking of the YouTube videos, I, I, I do fill the pulpit at church. Um, and so the, the times I've filled in, obviously they're on YouTube. But our pastor puts his sermons up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, and not this, uh, my pastor's 31 years old. You know, he's, he's, uh, he spent his teen years in our church and was called the pastor. And, and it just worked out that where he, he took over for the, pa our pastor that retired. This was back in 2013 or 14. Don't remember now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's leaned on me occasionally, you know, for some advice. And again, I'm not saying this for my own. Yeah, no, but, but just, and so even then, you know, him being younger, he's needed someone to help him. And I've been fortunate to be able to do that. He's, he's talked to other men in our church to, that has guided him too. And, you know, we're all just pitching in together. There's no, you know, there is, while we perhaps think of the pastors being the star and our little country church, we're just, you know, we're all in there together to serve the Lord. And again, as I said earlier, we're just country people that love the Lord. And we don't, you know, we're not, uh, we're not, any we're not big time scholars we're not high-minded we're just people yeah. that serve the lord and we do it together well i think that uh serves a very very important role within the greater church and that you know i said i i've always been more inclined to personally to the deeper teaching I, i've always wanted to learn more um if i can't be sitting down regular reading my scripture I like to have a sermon on in the background. Maybe I put yeah. John MacArthur on or Phil Johnson or, you know, another, or uh, I'm just looking up Jason York. You know, we were talking about your Chicago Landers, yeah. you know, he yeah. can have a good sermon too. My good friend, Jason York. Yeah. So, um, you know, Gabe Hughes does a good sermon. And yeah. uh, so a lot of friends are all over the country that are great preachers. And if I can't be reading the scripture, I'll, I like to turn that on. Yeah. But, um, you know, um, I don't even know where I was going to go when I started pointing that out. Um, Just studying scripture. But, but Oh, I guess, no, what I was going to say was that, that um, there's the nature of the local fellowship is that that's just a small part of the equation. And, right. and, and, and it's, there's just as much importance in coming together and being around fellow right. believers. And I mean, there really is a rest when you come together on a Sunday yeah. and the, the toils of the world have been wearing you down all week. And now you got yeah. a chance where you can let your guard down. You don't have to be uh, worried about what somebody's thinking or saying behind your yeah. back or whatnot. Cause you, you're, you're more of a family together yeah. and, and uh, you've got exactly a common right. Lord and, uh, and there really yeah. is so much, uh, you know, rejuvenating rest that comes in and yes. that kind of thing. And, Agreed. Yeah, definitely. So if your church is you know a smaller church where your preaching might not be quite as deep, that doesn't okay. You know, you're, but you're, yeah. that's not the sole purpose of the church. I mean, that's right. that's important. You're the people going there. If somebody's going to your church that that does like deeper teaching, they know where to find it. Right. I, I yeah. promise you, they know where to find it. <laughs> yeah, and I I just think that uh, we can get bogged down with trying to. I got I'm trying to be careful. I say it, I guess, but we get bogged down trying to be impressive. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, what happened on you when I started putting my stuff on YouTube, I got the feeling like, well, you know, my people that follow me on Twitter, they're going to find out and, you know, they're going to be watching and they're going to be critiquing. And so I got to make this a better, I got to do better. Uh. <laughs> but what I got to find out was, am I trying to impress people or am I just trying to, to lay out the scripture for people yeah. to understand? And yeah, my first videos were a little crude as far as just setting it up on a book and whatnot. And I'm, yep. I'm a little more professional now. Yeah, that was but, the only critique I had for you was yeah. uh, get your microphone closer to your mouth and yeah. uh, you can get a $12 yeah. microphone. That's kind of the audio snob in my, you know, my podcaster yeah. audio snob. But, but, uh, no, but I, I would I hope to... that most people had the same reaction I had. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, right. And, and, but again, I got to thinking, am I trying to impress people or am I just trying to teach a scripture? And that's what I, finally, I liked about it. Yeah. You, you're not trying to impress me. You're just, yeah, I, just reading I, the Bible. It, it's your fault if you're watching, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> but, but I, you know, it's just something that I found that I'm able to do, but there's, there's a hundred mm -hmm. things that need to be done, whether it's a local, your local church or just with, for your neighbor doing things. Um, you know, as we talked, I think it was yesterday on the telephone, you know, there's just so many different things that you can do to serve your local body and while serving the Lord or by, mm -hmm. you know, serving the Lord while serving the local body. Yeah. Um, we hosted it. We host a, a Monday night Bible study at our house. My wife and I, we've done it now for this will be going. We just finished our third year. Um, 
And we've got just a small uh, number of, of people that come to that, but we've opened our home to help disciple um, uh, people there. And, uh, you know, we've seen some growth there. We haven't seen any growth in numbers. Uh, I talked to my, the, the group that was here uh, the last time we met, you know, we haven't grown as far as numbers go, but I can definitely see growth in, in the ones that have been coming. And as I told them, you know, if I was to just look at the numbers, I would have to sit here in this chair and think I'm a failure because I've not grown in numbers. But as I told them, I said, I'm not here necessarily to grow numbers. If, if there was 40 people that showed up, I wouldn't be able to handle them to begin with. <laughs> yeah. but, but having four people here tonight, that, you know, that, that night, I can see growth in each of you. And so am I trying to measure my growth in numbers or growth in the Lord? And I think sometimes, and again, going back to this small church mentality, when you're in a small church, it's easy to look and say, well, we've not really done much. We still only have 60 people here. Yeah. Well, again, if you're looking for numbers, you're going to fail. Yep. But if you look for growth spiritually and them serving the Lord and wanting more for, of God, then you can understand that you're not there necessarily to grow the numbers. You're there to grow the people. And yeah, it well really said, shows yeah. up in a small church when when people are growing in the Lord. And mm -hmm. it's a slow process at times. You know, you'll see you might work for 20 years to get somebody to just come on a Sunday night. <laughs> but but nevertheless, it's if you're looking for numbers, you're, you're going to think that you're a failure. Yeah. And, and all and as we talked on the phone, too, it's just it's up to me to 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 disciple people. God will bring the increase, whether it's in numbers or whether it's in growth. I'm just here to, to spread the, the news and and hopefully it works on someone's heart, whether it's one, you know, we talk about, you, you know, you heard it here, here it talked about, well, Noah's preached for 600 years and he never <laughs> got a convert, but he got his family. Yeah. You know, so That's important. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. And I think this is good to talk about it in terms of like uh, the, the, the local churches being relatable, but um, also thinking of it in terms of broader, in the broader sense, you know, that just serving, I think the best way and a lot for most people to serve the greater church is to serve your local church. Right. And it yeah. might just be just uh, like I said, you got a three, four people that come over to a Monday night Bible study or something. I mean, that's, that's so much bigger than most people right. want. At least yeah. here in America, you know, we're always thinking bigger and, you know, we, think, and we think like business, you know, and then church really isn't a business. Right. Yeah. But, and um, just quit looking for the numbers and look for the growth in the people and not the numbers. Yeah, I've, had, I've had that mindset when it comes to podcasting. And that's something yeah. that I do like in a greater church is, is uh, I've always enjoyed the podcasting stuff since I've started it, but, but I've always thought the same exact way, you know, yeah. when I do these and I, I invite a guest on and I do a show and, and I, I put the work into it and post it. I'm never thinking about, well, how many people are going to listen to this? It's never crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, occasionally I'll check after the fact, I'll go back and look and see, well, how did it do? And, oh, that's kind of neat. You know, I got, you know, X number of visitors and stuff. But but I think it's it's a similar rut that people can get into if, if you're doing it for the numbers, whether it be a, a Sunday school class or a podcast yeah. or or anything else. If you're doing it for numbers, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Right, right. And, and you're going to you're going to fail. And it's and you're going it's, to it's just you it's not going to be as fruitful. Yeah. If you're going to get discouraged, it's you're easy to get quit. discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. When you're looking for a number. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, as you know, I've gone around that Bible trivia account. Basically I've done it just to encourage people to open their Bible. Mm -hmm. And I'm always on there begging for votes and begging for participants. <laughs> I'm not necessarily looking to get 700. I understand that of the followers, there's only going to be maybe at, at the best 10% that whatever, but if I can say something to, to spur someone to open their Bible and participate in a question, then that's all I'm looking for. Yeah. And again, the whole purpose of that account is to get is to encourage people to open their Bible. But again, I understand that yeah. not all 700 followers are going to do that. I understand. But if I, you know, that's you have a good example and, of like a, yeah. a, a good way to, to be serving. Now, that would be more of a church universal again. Right, yeah. But yeah. that's a great I mean, and, and, and you and I are both. Uh, strong believers in the sovereignty of God, you know, right. we're more Calvinistic on our uh, soteriology and whatnot. Right. And so, uh, and we got to keep that in mind that whatever we're doing, first of all, we're doing it because we enjoy it. And because we feel like whatever in some small little way 
we want to serve the Lord. We want, yeah. But on the flip side, he <laughs> has providentially put that in our hearts or in our, yeah. in our desires to do that kind of thing because for whatever reason, it's serving a purpose that he has right. that we can't yeah. even see. Right, exactly. I don't know. I don't know how what I say or do, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's through that Bible trip or whether it's just something that I do on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to affect people. I'm just doing, you know, I, and a lot of it's for fun. I understand that. But yeah. if I can encourage somebody somewhere, even if it's just to put a smile on their face, and I know that putting a smile on somebody's face is, doesn't have any eternal redemption. Yeah. But at the same time, if I can show myself to be somebody that cares, then perhaps that's going to lead somebody to, who knows? I don't have any idea. And again, if I'm looking for numbers, if we're looking for numbers like we just talked about, then I'm a failure because what if I, I don't do anything, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're just looking for, and again, I think that's what this whole conversation is, is just to encourage people to do something in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Obviously do something biblical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you understand well, another, another uh, more reformed uh, uh, doctrine that you, that is good to kind of drive things is uh, you get into the five solos, specifically Soli Dale Gloria. Yeah. Um, you know, that drives me in a lot of, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Again, you know, if you're looking at numbers, that's not a solely Dale Gloria thing. If you're just doing right. it because, you know, the Lord, what he's done for me makes me want to, out of gratitude, do something for him. Right. It's going to end up to his glory in the end. And, yes. and, and if that glory is that you ran a, a Bible trivia, uh, Twitter page, Twitter <laughs> account, and you might never know. You might you might get to to glory before you realize what his purpose was in that. Yeah. And, and I I would bet you when that day comes, you're gonna think, wow, that was that was so much cooler than I ever had in mind. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope the Lord's pleased. But I guess I'm doing it for fun. But I'm also mm-hmm. doing it to be an encouragement. And I I hope the Lord's pleased in that. But it's all glory to Him. Yeah. And one of these days, maybe He'll let me have 700 participants on a question. Who knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do it more, but I kind of dropped off of Twitter with, uh, yeah. with the kind of the politics of the matter of the last, uh, we're, we're, we're recording January 28th, 28th today. So I'll be up early in February. If not the first, it'll be really early, but you know, just in the last several weeks, kind of the transition between administrations and whatnot, a lot of politics yeah. going on and Twitter being thick of it. I, I, a lot I, of stuff there. <laughs> I'm not kicked off of Twitter yet. Uh, I'm still I have an account. Um, it's just uh, kind of a little taking di- a break. A little, taking a break. A little disgusted by the business side of that. So uh, yeah. Um, well, but I, I do you know, see you also on. Uh, I think a lot of us are, have kind of migrated at least temporarily to Gab, and I've seen yeah. you on there a little bit. And it's work. It's working a lot better than it did just a few weeks ago. That's for sure. Yeah, they are picking up. Uh, they're kind of catching up with the the uptick in traffic, and and so the, the accounts that have been banned from Twitter, you can see now on uh, on Gab to keep up with the latest. Uh, yeah, <laughs> rumor mill. <laughs> so I don't know what my future is. I think, um, you know, I got off of Facebook about two years ago. Yeah, I've never I, had Facebook. I deactivated my t- Facebook and um, never looked back. I've, I the only time I, I was back on last spring for a local where there was a local group for my neighborhood, and I had a question for the group, so I reactivated to ask the and, and I never did get a good answer. So. But I felt so dirty just reacting <laughs> that, that uh, you know, I keep thinking I, I really should just delete the account um, and be done with it. But uh, and I'm getting there with Twitter, too. But yeah, I'm on there. I, my big thing with Twitter, uh, you know, Facebook is so bad with the privacy and the spying. And I mean, they tell you that they, they not only watch everything you do on Facebook, but they put the way they use cookies and stuff. They track you all over the net. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And, and what I've seen them actually say, and I don't, I don't particularly believe them, but they say that they, even if you deactivate, like I did, they still continue to track you because they figure deactivating is a sign that you might be back. And so the part I'm not so high on believing is they say, well, if you delete your account, then we'll stop tracking you because that's pretty much your way of saying I'm not coming back. Yeah. So that's kind of why I've been more inclined to Facebook. I want to maybe just outright delete uh-huh. uh, Twitter, I think is more driven by what they call daily active users. Yeah. So they go tell advertisers, well, we get, you know, a hundred million daily active users. And so if uh, 
30% of those drop off and it's just me not, you know, like 30 million other people just not logging in that, that yeah. hurts their bottom line yeah. and maybe correct some of those poor practices that they engage yeah. in and stuff. But so, yeah, we're on Gab. Uh, you know, I was on Parler for a little while till that went down and still hoping it comes back, but we'll see. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm brand new to telegram. I just started a telegram account well, yesterday or the day before. And, and that one's interesting. It's a little different. Yeah. I was there and I left cause there was, I didn't know what I was doing. So, oh. so if you're hearing this, um, I don't have an echo Zoe like channel on telegram yet, but I probably will start one. So, um, just keep checking back and I'll probably have a, actually where I'll, what I'll do is, uh, if I do a telegram, I'll put it on the the website, you know, there's a bunch of social icons up at the top. I'll put a telegram yeah, link and stuff, but, um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's been interesting, but I, how do we get off into that? Uh, from serving uh, <laughs> off into social well, media, I don't know. About my Bible account and, uh, then I just yeah. said something about Twitter. Well, I, sometimes I could be the king of, uh, sidetracks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's but, easy uh, to do. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think we still got a bit of time. We can talk quite a bit more. Do you want to talk more about serving or or another maybe angle we could go, whether you want to or not? I'm going to leave this up to you. Maybe even edit this out if you'd prefer. Okay. Is, uh, we could we could get a little bit. Of, you talked about uh, teaching out of the Old Testament. Do you want to talk about that a little I, bit? Okay. Well, like I said, I had always, for whatever reason, for the most part, always just taught New Testament books or or topics. Um, I got away from topics several years ago and just stuck with books. I found it to be um, easier to prepare, but also mm-hmm. more challenging in the fact that you can't just pick and choose what you're going to yeah. talk about. But I had finished, I think it was uh, Second Peter. I'm thinking back now three years ago. Um, I had finished Second Peter, and I'm, I was thinking, where, or well, I was coming to the end of Second Peter, and I just kept thinking, I wonder where it's where I'm going to do next. And I talked to one of the guys in my class and I said, I'm thinking about doing Genesis. And I said, I've never really done anything like that before. You know, just like a, and I say this, a narrative type book. Um, I mean, there's a lot of teaching in there, a lot of doctrine in there. Don't misunderstand, but, but it is a narrative as well. Uh And um, he said, Oh, that'd be kind of neat. So I thought, well, let's just start Genesis. So I got through Genesis and it's like, well, we're in Egypt. So now I got to do Exodus because we got to get out of here. So, so we went through Exodus, and I'm like, well, I can't just leave us out here in the wilderness, so let's go on into the promised land. So, I, well, so if we're going to do Exodus, I'll do numbers to help get us to Jordan. Uh-huh. And so um, I did I did uh, um, numbers. I did a little bit in Deuteronomy. Um, I felt like that numbers in Deuteronomy were, were a lot of the same narrative. Maybe not, but that's just kind of the way I was. I, I looked at it. Sure. I did do some in Deuteronomy. I skipped Leviticus just because it's a lot of law. And uh, again, maybe I should have. But but anyway, I, so we're now in Joshua. Um, we're now divvying up the land uh, in chapter 15. 15 is where we're going to pick up when I get back. Uh, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday where we're dividing up the land. And But it's just been really interesting. And as I posted something on Twitter today, uh, came from this all this study and was that I've noticed that if I've learned anything through Scripture, it's that God judges His those that oppose Him. That's that's evident. Uh, you talk about even uh, Cain and Abel. Well, going back to Adam and Eve, um, and they they were punished. Now they didn't suffer eternal punishment. Don't misunderstand. But but even starting there, God has dealt with people that opposed Him and judged them. Mm-hmm. But He is also, in every sense of the word, has taken care of those that belong to Him. And the overarching theme that I found from Genesis 1 to now Joshua 15, and obviously through all the other study that I've done, is that God takes care of his people. And as we get into this election and the administration and however you want to look at all that, regardless of who's in charge and regardless of how hard life is or how hard the government makes our life, God still takes care of his people as he did with Israel through their captivity and they're coming back and they're wandering and being under the Roman rule and being scattered throughout history. God has taken care of his people. And so one thing that I can take comfort in, regardless of who the president is, God's going to take care of me because I belong to him. And I've noticed that probably more 
studying this Old Testament scripture from Genesis to where I'm at now in Joshua, I've really noticed that more than I that probably I have even thought about it in the previous years that I've been teaching. And so, you know, cool. I'm going to I'm going to try and even though we talk about that in our class, when we meet again, I, that is something I'm going to stress at this point is the fact that God takes care of his people, but he also judges those that oppose him. I don't think you can have one without the other. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, God, God, it's just, it's, he's an amazing, full of grace and mercy. <laughs> he loves us. And it's shown time and time and time again, even through the faults of, uh, of Israel, even through the faults that you can go all the way back to, to Noah and what he's done, and Abraham, and even the times he didn't believe God. Scripture says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. God mm-hmm. took care of his people. He always has and he always will. I mean, there's no need of him. I don't think that he's going to start tomorrow to not take care of us, yeah. even though we have, we maybe don't like the president or we don't like the government or we don't like whatever's going on. He loves people in China just as much as he loves people in America. Yeah. And that's been, that's kind of a, yeah, that's a good point. And, and I, I'm glad you made that because, uh, you know, talking a little bit about the recent, political history here in the United States, it, it really put me in a lot of anxiety, just a ton of anxiety. And part of it is uh, seeing that the, I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't see the direction where we were headed, yeah, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I was just thinking earlier today, I kind of, owe. you know, I had, I talked to Justin Peters last fall. I, what did I, I, when did I talked to Justin Peters, it was, I, I think it was November. So I probably talked to him in October uh, I'm just bringing a web page up. My computer's slow here. Uh, Justin was, um, it was the October episode. So I published October 10th. So I talked to him in early October. And and, and I bring up uh, Justin because I kind of felt today like I owe him a little bit of an apology. You know, we <laughs> were talking, and I don't even remember if this was like in the recording or if it was just our private chit chat, but. I went into the election more optimistic than I've ever been on politics. I mean, it was, I, I was so optimistic and um, Justin didn't see it quite that way. <laughs> and uh, he was concerned. He was not only concerned, he said uh, the pendulum's going to swing back hard in the other direction and we're in for some trouble. And I thought, you know, I've, I've never been more optimistic in the other direction and uh, and now, you know, that's why I've been so full of anxiety since since about the sixth when the yeah. capital stuff went down is like, yeah, I think I think Justin's more d- dire view is uh, more realistic <laughs> at this point. Um, but and, and, and thinking of it in terms of being premillennial, you know, seeing that, um, you know, I've been living my whole Christian life since I've been a believer with expectation that. It well could be in my lifetime that we see yeah. the 70th week of Daniel and the return of Christ and all that. And, and starting to wonder, like, um, you know, I thought we were heading in that direction before we got a uh, Trump presidency and thought, you know, he was kind of a little bit of a respite from the direction we were headed. And now, now we seem to be like Justin said, pendulum yeah. swinging hard back in that other direction. And, um, and, and just in the last week or so, uh, not even a week, I've been feeling no more optimistic really, but less anxious. I think it's been prayer and just asking the Lord, um, knowing, you know, I, I intellectually all along, I've, my mind's always been in the right place. I know God's sovereign. I know, I know like you're saying, and I, and I, I kind of got off on this long tangent just to say that, um, I know that God's in charge and I know he takes care of his people. God's plan isn't thwarted just because the, the, of the president. The election was stolen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That plan is not thwarted, and we got we got to understand that 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 God has people throughout the world, and and yeah, how and America I try to goes. keep that in mind too, and yeah. and I I'm always I think I try to be more mindful than the average, at least stereotypical American on that. That um, and maybe part of it is knowing I've got somewhat you know there's some audience listening to this that's not in the United States that yeah. is living in places that are a little bit more. Uh, oppressive, un- oppressive yeah. or un- or just unfriendly to the gospel. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think part of my anxiety was seeing that we're very quickly getting to where they're at already. Yeah. It seems to be happening pretty fast, but 
you know, God did say persecution would come, and the church of Jerusalem in, in the book of Acts mm-hmm. grew out of persecution. You know, the gospel spread because they were persecuted in Jerusalem. Yep. And that's I think been some that, of my anxiety is is, yeah. is that that's what we're promised, and that and the yeah. and the nice comfortable life that we've had was was contrary to the promises. Yeah. And I, you know, I I tell my wife I would not make a very good prisoner. I would just. <laughs> And so when I think about it, I'm thinking, you know, how, how easy would I just give up? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of course, obviously, standing for the Lord, I, I have this resolve that, you know, do what you want to. But I would rather die, I suppose, than, than suffer any kind of uh, suffering. Right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but me I, also too. Think, I also think for my, my grandkids, you know, and, and the worldview that, that uh, you know, I want what's best for them in this world. Um, even though we're just temporary, I, I'm liking it to a, a hotel room. You know, I realize I don't, this isn't my home. Um, this isn't my permanent dwelling, but when I stay yeah. at a hotel on the road, I want to, I want to make sure it's well ran and well taken care of. And so that's what I want for my country. I want, yeah. I want a country that's well ran, well managed is, is hospitable and, and friendly and, and loving. And, um, and I, I want to do what I can to assure that. Obviously, understanding that God's in control and mm-hmm. and what God decrees is what's going to happen, but it's not. It still shouldn't stop me from trying to make my world a better place. And and so it is easy to get caught up in election coverage and in election speculation and and the things that you read and hear and think, man, this could really happen. And yeah, and and then when you see it disappear when you well i'm like you andy i was really figuring you know this is gonna be a landslide and i honestly think it was but yeah I, anyway. exactly i that i i i think that my i had two predictions and i think i was only wrong on one of them and the the the, the prediction i think i was right on is just what you said i think i i thought that it was going to be a landslide and i think it was and where i was wrong was a lot of people were really worried about fraud yeah and um, and I wasn't too concerned about it because I thought our system's set up that fraud should be hard. Yeah. And I kept telling people who worried about fraud that the single best thing you can do to com- to combat it is just go vote. Because if you're because yeah. I figured one one way that um, fraud could happen is that at the end of the day, um, some shifty precinct captains could just say or uh, election judges there could say, well, oh, Jim. Jim didn't show up to vote. Let's uh, grab one of those extra ballots that we've already filled out and let's just put it under his name. Yeah. Right. So if you show up and vote, then that takes that away from him. But so where I was wrong was, was on the level of fraud that they could even yeah. try. Yeah. But, but yeah, ultimately, can... yeah, I mean, that's, that was in God's hands too. And, and I, I, I wondered for weeks, like, why would like the interesting thing about a, an election system is, is that, you kind of the country kind of gets what it deserves, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, but but if if people are voting for, I mean, let's just even just call it the lesser evil, okay? Yeah. Whether that's what you how you see it or not, um, just just for the sake of argument, it, if if people are voting for the lesser lesser evil, why would God and His sovereignty be giving us the greater evil? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just <laughs> yeah. seems like yeah. He's got His reasons, and I yeah. can't pre- pretend to know why. But right. but that yeah. was the tough thing is, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, those will be questions that we can't ask when we get to heaven, but we won't ask because I don't we won't know care. that we'll have to wait that long to figure well, out. I th- you know, maybe we will, but maybe. um, he might surprise us and we find out. Oh, maybe, maybe in the end, we yeah. we were better off this way. Yeah, we never know. We don't know what the future holds. Yeah, you know, like like we've we've heard the song. You know, thank God for unanswered prayer. Well. I'm not saying that that's <laughs> yeah. there's your answer, just that maybe not maybe the way we don't want them. But, uh, sure. you know, you don't you don't know why things go the way they do. And that's not for us to do. We're just supposed to do what we can and leave yeah. it to God. Now, this uh, in a weird way is kind of um, back to our original subject is is kind of uh, in serving the church. Um, you know, two guys that have been in the Lord for, you know, my case, 20 years and yours for much longer. And yeah. 40 and and. Uh, hopefully encouraging others that even, you know, well, one, we're human too. Yeah, <laughs> I can go are. through, I've been yeah. a believer for 22 years, but I can still go through anxiety Yeah, over things that should seem like you shouldn't have anxiety over. Right. Um, yeah. So we're, we're human beings. We go through those same things too, but hopefully we'll encourage people in the end that, um, that we're still faithful too, though. 
Yeah. And, and looking that whatever it was that's got us down, we, we, we can still trust that. Every, everyone has been through something. Everyone has a story to tell. Um, some people may have a more of an exciting story, mm-hmm. but we all have something in our background that, that has brought us to where we're at and has caused us to be, I want to try to say, to have, to have the personalities that we do, whether it's uh, worry or whether it's uh, lust or whether it's gluttony, whatever. There's something that has caused yeah. this in each one of us. And so once we realize that we're not perfect people and we shouldn't, and we shouldn't sit back and, and expect, well, bless God, this is how I am. And I'm not going to change, you know, I know I'm a warrior. I know I'm a glutton or whatever. I'm just going to read. That's not, but our purpose is to say we are frail human yeah. people, we, but we do recognize that we have problems, but it, mm-hmm. but it continually drives us to go to God, to go to God, yeah, to go exactly. to Christ. Exactly. Yep. And, and, and because he is our rest. And yep. just like I, I tell, I've said many times to, to people as I teach, the Ten Commandments are given to show us that we cannot do that. We, these are things that we cannot attain. So that drives us to Christ, just as Galatians 3 tells us. Yep. The law was our schoolmaster to, to take us to Christ. And so we realize as Christians that we're not perfect. And just like you admitted, you were full of anxiety. And I can't yep. say that I, I was I was worried, too. I don't know why. Yeah, because. Ultimately, no, I, I mean, really, I wasn't just anxious. Like it was crippling. Yeah. Crippling anxiety. But, but again, you've just mentioned how in the last week or so it's taken you to more prayer to where you're looking right. at Christ. And that's, and that's how I think I came out of it was I've had enough experience reading scripture and being in the scripture to know anxiety and worry were commanded against it, that it's right. sinful and that anxiety Fear is the opposite of faith. Yeah. And and to go to the Lord and confess that as sin and then ask him, knowing that faith itself is a gift from God. Yeah. You know, ask him, Lord, right. please give me a greater measure of faith. Cause because yeah. I, I don't I, I know I'm not gonna will it in myself. Right. It's and, gotta be and it's through that answer, you know, through the, the prayer and then asking him and then he answers the prayer that the, that anxiety yeah. has kind of started to melt away. Yeah, and and we can see our sin. We see where we're weak, and it takes us to Christ mm-hmm. to pray and give me more faith and give me what I need to get past this. And mm-hmm. and maybe through this, we'll see that we're stronger Christians than we thought we were, or weaker Christians than we yeah. thought we were. Either way, I don't know. Well, but, yeah, I think I think first we understand we're weaker, and then yeah, and then when we come out, we realize that he's stronger yeah. in it. Most people are wrapped up in their own self righteousness. They think they can overcome it themselves or that they're good enough. And obviously, Scripture tells us that we have nothing good in us. And so the more we realize that, not to be self-effacing and not to be um, so so woe is me to not be any good to anybody, but to recognize, yes, woe is me. I need to go to Christ so that we can encourage others. Yeah. And when we're all long-faced and downtrodden because of the world, we certainly can't be a blessing to others. And so we need to continually understand that, God is our refuge, yeah, our strength, and our, our and that's where I hope that the last few weeks for me can be an encouragement to others that that um, uh, they all like you're saying that if you if you turn you're going to find yourself in where you shouldn't be, and the the proper thing to do is to to turn to Christ and allow right. Him to pull you back where you belong. Yeah, really so. good stuff. Yeah, well, I think we're at an hour, roughly, roughly an hour. So, um, great discussion. Yeah, um, well, yeah. I thank you for that, and you offered that up. Uh, you know, I asked you if you wanted to do this, and uh, you offered that up as a, I think it was a good subject. I hope that we are yeah. encouragement to people. Well, uh, to serve in your local church, serve in the greater church. Yeah. Um, well, I'm no Fred Butler, but um, <laughs> I'll do what I can. <laughs> I asked. Yeah. I told my wife. I said, "I'm not for sure why he called me, but I'll do the best I can." And but I do think I bring a, maybe a different perspective, just being from a small church in a small town and, and just like we said, well, you know, I we talked about, I, you know, we've been connected for years now on Twitter yeah. and just seeing that you're, uh, you're, you're, you've been an encouragement to me just in our, our interaction, just, yeah. just friendly interaction on Twitter. You're an encouragement to me. You, you're when I was on Twitter, I get more, I see more <laughs> Jim likes your tweet than I, oh. anybody else. And that's an encouragement too, you know, but, get a little I, like there. And, I'm known for courtesy likes. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, if I don't, yeah. Well, that's so, kind uh, of a Donna, a Donna guy thing too. You know, oh. she was such an encouragement, and yeah, I think uh, you know, in your in your own way, you're you're also an encouragement. Well, I'm, I try, but again, it's all it's all for God's glory, and yeah, exactly. Along the way, I've I've got you know some of my some of my best friends I originally have met on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Probably because uh, they don't have to, you know, everybody around here in town knows me, so they don't want to be my friend. <laughs> well, except when you fire up that Traeger. There right? you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, uh, thanks so much. And, um, you thanks, know, Andy. I, I'd love to have you on again sometime and just All right. chat. And... Maybe we can just replay what we just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, right. All right. Thanks, Andy. appreciate it. Echo Zoe Radio is an outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries. If you are blessed by the show, please consider offering your support. There are many things you can do to help, including prayer, sharing the show with others, and your financial support. Echo Zoe Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax-exempt status, and your donations are tax-deductible. For more information about how you can support Echo Zoe Ministries, please visit echozoe.com support. Well, that wraps up episode 154. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. For show notes, again, they're relatively minimal, but you can get them if you visit echozoe.com slash 154. Now, this is normally the part of the show where I point you to the social media links so that you can get involved with Echo Zoe on social media. But given the tumultuous nature of that that I mentioned at the beginning of the show and uncertainty that the future holds, I will uh, abstain from that, but simply reiterate that we do have email alerts and are looking at other ways to engage with the outside world and you are the audience in the future. If you've got any recommendations, you can go to echozoe.com slash contact and fill out the form and it'll send me an email. And I am open. If you know of a really good privacy respecting social media site, please let me know. And uh, I would ha- be happy to check it out. And with that, Lord willing, we'll be back next month with the March episode of Echo Zoe Radio. Mm-hmm.